The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Privacy Piracy. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. We've enjoyed bringing this show since 2005. Your host is Mari Frank, a local attorney since 1985. She's a certified information privacy professional and the author of several books, including Safeguard Your Identity, Protecting Yourself with a Personal Privacy Audit, and The Complete Idiot's Guide to Recovering from Identity Theft. Mari's testified many times on privacy issues in Congress and the California Legislature. She served as a privacy expert for numerous court cases nationwide and at a White House press conference featured on C-SPAN. You may have seen her on Dateline, 48 Hours, CNN, NBC, The O'Reilly Factor, and many more shows, including her own 90-minute PBS television special, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. To learn more about this radio show and our great guests, please visit KUCI.org slash privacypiracy. Mari, what's our show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today we are talking about online reputations, and that can be very scary, whether it's a personal reputation or your business reputation. And we work so hard in our lives to build up a good reputation in our business, and in a heartbeat, it can be destroyed. So we have a wonderful guest with us today, and let me tell you about him, and he'll tell us more about online reputation. John David is president of David PR Group in beautiful Miami Beach, Florida, and a partner with WebFactCheck.com. He has more than 25 years of experience in public relations and communications industries, with the past two years focusing heavily on online reputation management issues. He has experience in most forms of corporate communications and crisis management, and he's frequently called on by his clients for high-profile, complex, and time-sensitive assignments. John frequently writes about public relations and marketing at David PR Blog, and his insights on publicity, communications, and online reputation management are frequently published in the Hoff- on the Huffington Huffington Post website. He has been quoted on a variety of marketing and PR related topics in a number of national media outlets, including npr.org and today.com. You can learn more about him at davidpr.com and also at our website at kuci.org slash privacy piracy. Well, you'll see his picture and we linked to his website as well. So thank you so much for joining us, John. Thank you for having me. So let's talk about some of the most common online reputation problems. Sure. The I like to categorize online reputation issues into three main areas. The first has to do with situations where individuals or companies get themselves into trouble by their own 
uh, with, their, with their own problems. In other words, they cause their own problem. You do something silly as an individual. You do something, unfortunately, I, I frequently use the word stupid. People just do silly, dumb things. They um, get, they get uh, caught in a bad situation, and it gets memorialized on someone's uh, you know, car ph- uh, camera phone, or they do something like uh, get arrested for uh, driving under the influence or you know, soliciting a prostitute, or they get into some, some other issue which ends up uh, being memorialized online in some manner. So they're the first way first most common thing is when someone kind of does something to themselves right um self-sabotage right (laughs) it's like self-sabotage right yeah i mean (laughs) and and most of the time you know there's i'm not gonna lie i mean a lot of times people do things they go out they drink too much and things happen to them or they get involved with the wrong kind of people and things happen to them um but i I categorize those as uh, as you know maybe self-inflicted or you know people do do silly things Right. Okay, from on all different levels. Right. That's the first. The second is when um, you you do something uh, you do something and someone else takes advantage of that situation, um, or when when people do things to you online. So the individual um, for an individual that may be that you know someone posts pictures about pictures of you or someone posts negative information about you or writes a negative blog post about you. For companies, that that that's the world of you know online reviews, negative online reviews, um, complaint sites, things like that. So we have the first one is people do silly things. The second one is that people get kind of attacked online, and then the third is when people are victims of circumstance. So and that's a there's a wide swath of things that happen. Sometimes people are just associated with a crisis, and their name gets thrown in it. Uh, sometimes uh, the internet and computer algorithms grab people's information, and and they end up uh, getting associated with negative things online. So it's kind of the three different areas: the first being kind of do it, you do it to yourself; the second being that someone does something to you; and the third being that you're you know kind of collateral damage. Right, right. So what can people do to protect themselves from these things? Well, the first thing obviously, is to try to keep your nose clean, right? I mean, the right. first thing is you want people to, you know, you, you want to try to stay out, of, stay out of trouble and have, you know, have a good reputation in the first place. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing is, is that you need to actively take control of your online image. And a lot of people choose not to do that, and it ends up hurting them later on. And so even though you may have no interest in social media, for example, my recommendation is that even if you're not a big social media person, that you still should have a LinkedIn page. You still should have a Facebook page. You still should have a Twitter account. Uh, And the reason is is that those are very high-authority websites. So when someone goes online searching for information about you, you want them to find information about you. You want them to find, if they're looking, you know, Mari, they're looking for your phone number or looking for your email address, you want them to be able to find you online. Um, because if, you're not, if they can't find you quickly, then they're going to dig deeper and then they may find other things. And the other issue that comes up is that if you're not populating the internet with information, the, inf- the internet will find a way. I kind of 
make it akin to, you know, chaos theory. You know, you remember, I don't know if you remember the movie Jurassic Park. Right. And in Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. the dinosaurs found a way to procreate. Right. And Jeff Goldblum's character was talking about chaos theory. Sometimes mm-hmm. the Internet is like chaos theory. If you don't give the, in- the Internet information to publish about you, then it's going to go find whatever it can. Right. And so if something negative comes up, comes up about you, then the, the you know, Google search engine is going to go find that information, and they're going to put it up, you know, they're going to put it up higher if there's no information about you, you know, at the forefront. Right, right. So you have to propagate as much good stuff that's true about you so that that comes up all the time rather than stuff that's buried that maybe was from 20 years ago that could be embarrassing. So what are some things that you recommend that businesses do? Businesses have very, it's a very similar situation with businesses. You want, businesses need to have control over their, over their, their name online. And you probably have had, you know, trademark lawyers and the like on your show who can talk about that a lot better than I can. I'm not a lawyer, but you want to have, try to get the best control you can of your, of your business name. And you also want to monitor the activity that's going on online and what's being said about your company and about your brand. And so if you're in a, if you're in a, a uh, industry where online reviews, for example, are important, and this is in many industries, so not just, you know, restaurants and hotels, but I mean, everything from, you know, car dealerships to, um, you know, any, any, any uh, attraction where, you know, people come and pay a fee, you want to monitor the review sites because they have a tremendous impact on, um, on how your, your business is perceived. You know, you can go and, you know, one negative review on TripAdvisor can really harm a hotel or a restaurant. Right. One negative review on Yelp can really, you know, put the hurt on a, on a small business. Right. So it's important that you pay attention to all those, all those issues. So what trends are you seeing as we're evolving in, in these uh, online reputation builders or destroyers <laughs> and and all of these um, review sites. I mean, there's so many review sites. I, you know, I didn't even know about some of these review sites. One day when I was just, you know, I'd Google my name and all of a sudden I saw some review sites that were basically copying Yelp or copying some other website like Avo for attorneys. So there are so many review sites that I, that you may not even know about. So what other kinds of trends are you seeing out there? I think the biggest trend that I see is just the ease of getting information online. That that's the that that's the, the big the big shift that I'm that I'm seeing in the past over the past, you know, five or so years. When the internet first hit the forefront and I, I'm I'm old enough of, I'm an old enough guy to remember to be a pre internet guy. And I you know, developed websites for clients, you know, when we were just trying to figure out what a website was. And it, at the time, it was difficult to get information posted online. You had to, you had to build a website. You had to find a hosting provider. You had, to figure, you had to decode how to do all these things. But now, we all post online, you know, 10 times a day, and we, we hardly bat an eyelash. And so it's so easy when it, in the online reputation world, it's just so easy to do harm to someone else. Um, and the, the, the good news is, is that the, the larger service providers, Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and yeah, Twitter, yeah. You know, they're, yeah. they understand that people are posting um, you know, negative things and defamatory things 
And there's processes involved to, there's processes that enable people to make, uh, to get things taken down. But the biggest, the biggest thing is that you can do, um, you can make a mistake in your life in some way. So that's why it's important that you pay attention to all of the online review sites. Now, given that, and, and I've seen that kind of thing, and that's a form of identity theft as well. It's business identity theft, and people have called me about it. So what do you do when that happens? What are some of the things that you can do to uh, get your life back, your business life back, after that happens? Well, it depends on exactly what happens. And one of the things that I've learned is that every situation, when it comes to online reputation issues, every situation is a little bit different. So, um, but... Some complaint sites actually, in that example, some, some complaint sites will actually enable you to try to get negative content taken down. Uh, some of them won't. Some of them, their whole model is based on never taking anything down. Right, um, right. The other, the other options are to see if there's, uh, there are other technical reasons why something could get taken down. So, for example, we work, our technical team uh, can analyze a website and look for potential violations of terms and conditions or terms of service on a website and see if we can convince a hosting provider to get a, take a piece of a negative piece of data down. Um, there's certain things that you can do. And then the other, the other option is to build your online profile and try to push down the negative information. Right. Now, is there any way to find out um, legally to find out how who that person or who that entity is. Maybe it's a competitor of your small business or someone who has to, wants revenge against you. Is there a way that you can find out the IP address? And is that is that can you know what can you do about that? I think in some situations you might be able to find out an IP address of someone who lo- who posted something online. Um, but the reality is that, you know, when you're, we, your show's about privacy, you know, we have the, the government, and, and what we hope, is, is helping us preserve our privacy in certain, in certain arenas. And uh, unless, I think, un- unless something that's posted online is um, you know, criminal or is, you know, is incredibly defamatory or you've said something, you know, threatening to another person, I think the only, the only way you're going to get, you're going to really get, get a, uh, someone to dig in and, and, seek out the person who posted it is if you have you know, a, a major law enforcement agency investigating it. Right. You know, they're not, you know, they're, the, you know, the FBI is not going to investigate, you know, a bad review at, at an IHOP, you know, that's right, not right. part of what their, their mandate and their mission is. Right. So that, that's part of why it's so, why it's, it's such a, it's such a horrible thing. Yeah, it's the you, Wild West. You can keep this level of anonymity and there's, and there's really no way to track it down. Yeah, I think if you can find a way to call it identity theft, then you can use the statutes for identity theft. And if there's defamation and somebody has defamed you, then you have a civil lawsuit if you can find out who that person is. And then, of course, if it's criminal. So it is. It's the Wild West, and it's really a terrible situation. I know a lot of um, online reputation management companies do, like just like you do. They try to first see if they can get them to take it down and then to find some technical issue. And then, if not, just really uh, flood the Internet with positive things that will come up first, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, there, are, there is a burgeoning field of, uh, of, of ways to get information taken down from sites 
at a hosting level, delisted by search engines. Um, but it's it's very technical. It's not always possible, and it can be uh, it can be expensive. It can be done. It's just not uh, it's not something that the average person can typically um, afford to do. Right. And it seems like if you see that, if you would go online and respond to it and say, this is not me, that would seem, is that a thing that you would recommend? Like if you find somebody has put up a site and it says it's you and it's not, and then they say some scathing review, that you respond and you say, this is not me, and this was not put up by me, and what, what do you do? Do you, do you suggest well, something like that? You, you absolutely those situations come up all the time um my recommendation is that before you make any type of response is that you analyze it first with a professional person who's been down this road before right because there are situations where um by responding you you make the situation worse um not only from a search engine perspective but it may also hinder your ability to um you know, to get a response from a hosting site to get them to take something down. Right. Um, every situation, the one thing that I've uh, said it before, I'll say it again, I'll say it again tomorrow, is every situation is a little bit different. And so you have to look at it, analyze it, and, you know, and take the right, the right first step. Yes. And, you know, like, and you might get real angry if you see something. So, you know, there's that old adage, speak when you're angry and you'll say the best speech you ever regret. Right? So, so you never want to do that. You never want to respond with your, when you're angry. I know for me, when I am upset about something, I am very, very careful um, not to send the email or until I like think about it for a while and and read it like 10 times <laughs> before I send something and it would be the same thing when you're responding to an online review just to be very careful uh, not to send it in a nanosecond because you can't take that thing back and it gets replicated. Yeah, absolutely that's absolutely true and actually I, you know I've, my career I've, I began my career in public relations and you know I've gotten my clients in many stories on, in many different newspapers and magazines around the country, and the, um, my advice to them when, after a story runs, there's always comments by people in, you know, at the end of a story, and a lot of times there's people who just, you know, they, they live to write unflattering things about people. Right. And so I've told my clients, you know, don't read that. Don't even pay attention to that. Um, because it, all it's going to do is, you know, make your blood boil, and it's really not, you know, um, harming you in any way. What's changed is that you can harm people by going on complaint sites, by, po by posting, you know, by writing negative blog posts, by, you know, clever, clever rogue people can get a lot of information published online that gets traction from the search engines. That's the difference. Um, you know, that's the difference. And when it comes to, like you said, when it comes to online reviews, I think the best course of action for most companies is to, is to respond. If you, you know, if you get, if, um, if you get bad service in a restaurant, you know, are you going to be upset if the owner of the restaurant calls you up and, and says, you know, I'm sorry, you got bad service. It's the other way around. You're not going to be upset. You're going to, you're going to, you're probably going to say, well, thank you for calling and thank you for caring about your restaurant. The same is true with online reviews. You want to respond unless, unless they're just, you know, crazy. And, yeah. and sadly, there's plenty of that out there. Right, right, right. 
So, you know, many people are on um, dependent on their on their mobile phones and they're looking at all this stuff. And um, so what about, um, you know, before I go to a restaurant, I may look it up on Yelp and see how many stars it is and all that. So um, what are you recommending to a company that maybe doesn't have that many stars, but they're really they're good? They're really good, but they just haven't had enough. Um, reviews to to get enough stars. I think that the important thing for for businesses is that they have to if they're if their their business is impacted by online reviews, then they have to embrace online reviews and they have to make added into their marketing equation that they want to build up their online reviews, and that means asking their client to post about their experiences. I have a um, a great story in this regard. Okay. There's a uh, there's a guy in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, who started a um, a tour business where he he takes people through Charleston Harbor to a place called Morris Island, and you can go beach combing and hunting for shark teeth uh, um, off of the on um, Char- on um, Morris Island in South Carolina, and um, he had the number one. He was listed as the number one attraction in Charleston, South Carolina. And so my family and I, we went, we were, we were traveling through Charleston. I have young kids. We wanted to do something well, for a day in Charleston. I saw this attraction. I thought it would be great. We show up at this guy's place, and he has a boat that seats 10 people. And I was surprised. You know, I, the number one attraction right. in Charleston, South Carolina seats 10 people. Right. It was a phenomenal tour. The guy was very knowledgeable, super nice. His name is Captain Howie, by the way. Um, and Captain Howie does a great job. We went out there. My kids loved it. We came back on the ride back in from, from Morris Island through Charleston Harbor. Uh, Captain Howie hands us um, a card, and the card says, Rate me on TripAdvisor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my kids were so excited. We got back to the hotel. They popped on my laptop, and they wrote a review of Captain Howie and, and uh, his, his, uh, his um, Adventure Harbor Tours mm-hmm. in Charleston. He's still the number one attraction in Charleston, but now he's got a boat that's, that seats about 70 people. <laughs> and he's, he still runs. He runs out to that island two or three times a day, and it's still a phenomenal, a phenomenal event. But he's you know, quadrupled his business because of positive reviews and because he has a great product. Right. So it's, it's your kids who have helped him. <laughs> to, yeah, absolutely. To, yeah. Absolutely. Very cute. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't get to do that in, when I was in Charleston. That would have been a great thing to do. Yeah, so online reviews is, is basically asking people to visit you online and, and, you know, state what they think if they were happy. <laughs> Is that you true? can, you know, there's nothing wrong with directing people. There's nothing wrong with following up with if you if you do business online with people, if you follow up with them and tell them and, and give them a link to your to your um, to your Google review site, TripAdvisor site, your Yelp site. If you should make it part of your part of your business, a part of your marketing strategy to generate uh, to generate positive reviews. Great, great. So, um, you said that crisis management now begins online. So you deal with crisis management. I mean, this is scary. Like I, you know, I think of these big companies that suddenly have a huge security breach. We've heard about those, and then people wonder about, oh my gosh, should I, you know, do business with them anymore? So, um, 
let's talk about the online crisis management. How, do, how does that work? Well, one of the reasons I talk about that is because I had a client call me not, not um, several months ago, and um, this person's uh, uh, child is a student at a major university, and they were involved in an organization at the university that had a crisis. Now, the details are actually not that important. The point is, is it got a lot of media coverage. Uh, there were a lot of unhappy people about what uh, people unhappy about what happened. Okay, and so there was a lot of vitriol flying. And my advice to my client was, number one, before you think about public relations, before you think about how you're going to respond to this, before you think about the organization at all, you need to look at your own kid and make sure that your child is not associated with this event in any way, shape, or form online. So don't post about it on Facebook. Don't, post, don't tweet about it. And certainly don't speak to a newspaper reporter about what happened at the school, because even this ten, even a tangential association with something really negative can end up haunting a person for years. And so when I say crisis management begins online, I think that we have to look at all these situations and figure out what's our online legacy going to be. So if it's the company you know, that has a data breach, they need to think about what their what their long-term legacy is going to be from a digital perspective. Because you know, years ago, you know, something was in the newspaper on a Monday. You know, the newspaper is in the trash on Tuesday, and it's forgotten by Wednesday. Exactly. Now yeah. it's there forever. Right, right. Yep. So you, uh, you talked about that Google has some safeguards against reputational attacks. Can you share with us some of those safeguards that Google has? Absolutely, absolutely. A guy called me um, several months ago, and uh, he was a, um, a Silver Star winner in, uh, in Vietnam. And he was searching online, searching his name, and he'd um, done a lot of public speaking and was a fairly well-known guy. And he found, uh, he saw a reference to himself and his, Viet- his, his unit from Vietnam on, online on, on when, he go- when he Google searched himself. And he clicked on it, and uh, on the, the top of the page was a headline that named him by name and, um, and his unit, but it was, it was a porn site. Oh, dear. And, um, yeah. you know, he was, uh, he, he, was, he was not happy about this. Um, and so I, um, uh, you know, I did some research on his behalf, and um, because, you know, I, I appreciate what, what he did for our country, number one, um, I, I did. I, I sent him some information right off the bat, and what it's, what it said, said is that you know if your name, your actual you know given name, you know on your driver's license name, is posted online on a pornographic website, you can submit that information to Google, and Google will delist that from the search engine. So you there you um, now there's a few conditions that have to be met, but for the most part. If that happens to you, and the thing is, is that this happened to this guy because of, a, you know, some bit of computer software digging around in the internet somehow decided that his search term was popular enough that that that, that someone who was a pornographer would try to drive traffic because of it. Mm. He didn't do anything. He just got a, he just got associated with this. So Google has a whole plan in place for that. You can submit that to the, to the search engines, and within a couple of days, it was gone. 
Mm. Um, and then there was another situation I came across where there was, a, and this one was just kind of sad. A woman called me. Her, um, her son had passed away, and she Google searched her son's name, and up came a data site. Um, I don't remember the name of it. That's not important. But it listed his name and his birthday and his Social Security number. Oh, goodness. And, you know, he passed away. So not only does this woman have to deal with the fact that, she, that she's lost her child, you know, but at the same time, now someone could actually very, very easily, you know, steal his identity. Right. Um, and there's a whole, again, Google has processes in place where you can submit to them websites that do these types of things. They, they want to, Google wants to, to protect Social Security numbers, wants to protect driver's license numbers, wants to, to protect other government-issued um, identification numbers. And so if you submit to them, you, you have to dig around. There's, um, I have some of this information on my website, but you have, to, you have to dig around a little bit on the Google website, but you can find this information and submit this on your, on your own behalf, and Google will delist it from the search engine. It'll still be online, um, but it won't be easily found by the majority of people who look for it, who are, who are on search. Well, that's a perfect way to end because we want to tell people how to get to your website. It's davidpr.com, and we've been talking with John David, who's president of David PR Group, and he's a partner with webfactcheck.com. So thank you so much for joining us, and keep up the great work, and, and uh, let us know when you want to come back on and tell us more about how to protect our reputation online. Okay, John? Thank, thank you so much, Mari. Okay, talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at KUCI.org slash privacy piracy. Thank you. Stay private. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.